Praise the Lord. Welcome back. <laughs> we have a few announcements. This Saturday, ladies, we have a fellowship from 10 to noon here in the fellowship hall. Please let Sister DeMuth know if you're going to be there or not. Either way, we would like to know because we are going to have a little luncheon. And if you bring your favorite mug, that's uh, we're going to be doing something with that. All right, and youth, there is a rally on March 25th in Thorpe. It, the, it will begin at 7.30. Please let me know if you're going. Um, there's an afterburner. Uh, that's $5. And then we will also ask if you will give $10 to help contribute and um, cover the cost of gas. And then looking towards the end of March, there will not be a Bible study that last Wednesday, March 30th, due to our district minister's conference. And then uh, just one reminder, we don't have a slide for it, but our Save Our Children offering, we'll be taking that up here on March 27th. Hallelujah. Are you here to praise him? All right, let's do that. Wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him for his love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me wherever I am I'll praise him whenever I can I'll praise him for his love surrounds me like a sea I'll praise the name of Jesus lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me wherever I am I'll praise him whenever I can I'll praise him for his love surrounds me like a sea I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him for his love surrounds me like a sea i'll praise the name of jesus lift up the name of jesus for the name of jesus lifted me hallelujah thank you jesus you are worthy of praise you are worthy of glory and honor. Hallelujah. I lift you up, Lord. Let my life give you praise. Hallelujah. I bring to you this sacrifice of praise. Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely. All together worthy, all together wonderful to me. King of all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love's sake became poor. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy. Altogether wonderful to me. So here I am to worship. 
Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I have come here today to lift you up, to praise you, to magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are worthy of all praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I give you the highest praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When my life is burdened with sorrow and it seems all help is gone, Jesus whispers, do not falter. I will leave thee not alone. Then somehow amidst my trials, how it is I cannot see. Still I hear a voice from heaven gently saying, follow me. There is sunshine in the shadow. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow. When our hearts are filled with pain, there is sunshine when we're burdened. There is sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine, heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. Sometimes my friends do forsake me, and I'm tempted to despair. Then I think of 
My dear Jesus, to lay his head he had nowhere. Oh, it pays to follow Jesus just to learn of him each day. And I guarantee my brother you'll have sunshine all the way. There is sunshine in the shadow. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow when our hearts are filled with pain. There is sunshine when we're burdened. There is sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine, heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. Let me recommend him to you. I have found no friend like him. He is one who will never deceive you, but stay with you to the end. If you would have peace and comfort, let his banner be unfurled. He was lifted upon Calvary, and his name can save the world. There is sunshine in the shadow. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow when our hearts are filled with pain. There is sunshine when we're burdened. There is sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine, heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for hope. Thank you, Lord, for peace, for life. You are the Lord our God and there is none else. Hallelujah, Jesus. We acknowledge you in all things, good, bad, and indifferent. We will follow you wherever you lead. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence here this morning and for an opportunity to enter in. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy of my worship. You're worthy of all my attention. You're worthy of my praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give glory and honor unto you. 
We worship and we praise You. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, which was and which is and which is to come, the Almighty. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are in awe of You this morning. You are exalted in this place. You are magnified here. You are worshipped here. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need You so desperately, Lord Jesus. We need You this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He is an amazing God. And if we live in this life a thousand years, we won't even begin to scratch the surface of what He desires to do in us and through us. Some things truly are too good to be true. But this is not one of them. In this case, it's the half of which has not been told. As good as it seems, it's even more so in reality. What an awesome God we serve. Praise God. Mark chapter 11, verses 20 through 24. Where we'll find our scripture text this morning. Mark chapter 11, verses 20 through 22 through 24. The Bible says this And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you what things soever ye desire. When ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. We'll preach for a little while this morning on this topic. Great faith or just faith? Let's pray one more time and ask the Lord to do according to His will, for the remainder of our service this morning. Lord Jesus, we beseech You. I beseech You. Please come and minister to Your people. Bring us to a higher plane. Let there be a quantum shift in the way we think about things. Let there be a quantum shift in the way that we view things. Help us, O God. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. When people speak about faith, having great faith, there is one man uh, that typically comes to mind, perhaps not the only man, but He's definitely in the running. That's a man by the name of George Mueller. Those of you that are not familiar with Mr. Mueller's story, uh, he was a uh, Christian man who started an orphanage in the mid to late 1800s in Britain. And it was his policy to never ask anybody for food or for money. He would simply bring it to God. In all of his years of ministering to orphans, he never once asked for anyone to help. 
He simply brought his needs to the Lord, and they were always provided. I found an article that kind of sums up his life, and maybe will serve as a springboard for the message here this morning. Mr. Mueller was a native of Prussia, born somewhere I can't pronounce, Kroppenstadt, on September 27, 1805. He looked, after the shadow of God's glory rested upon him, beyond time, and saw God. He realized that God alone was able, and in that realization, the puny supplies of man dwarfed beside the reservoirs of God's grace, which he tapped by faith. He learned the secret of getting things from God, the simple expedient of boldly coming to the throne to receive. He practiced this daily for 73 years, and in coming he never found the throne vacant, nor the supplies exhausted. He learned not to bind God by the limits of his own faith. He asked, knowing that God who heard was able. Near the end of his life, he affirmed that he had read the Bible through approximately 200 times, 100 of which was on his knees. He found God's promises in the Bible and experienced the truth of them in his everyday life. He learned to believe what he read and to act accordingly. He learned to tell not man but God his needs and to believe God would supply them. Mueller had mastered the lesson of outlooks, for he lived by the heavenly uplook and not the earthly outlook. The Lord pours in while we seek to pour out. This was always his plan of operation. He sought God to pour in the supplies and he diligently furnished sources through which they might be distributed. As long as Mueller saw to the careful distribution of money and supplies, God never failed in pouring in the needed materials. Mr. Mueller testified that in his lifetime, 50,000 specific prayers were answered. Years before he died, about the middle of his career, he affirmed that up to that time, 5,000 of his definite prayers had been answered on the day of asking. He made it a habit to keep a notebook with two page entries. On one page, he gave the petition and the date, and on the opposite page, he entered the date of the answer. In this manner, he was able to keep record of definite petitions and their specific answers. He recommended this form to believers who desired specific results to their prayers. Thus, there is no guesswork as to when God answered prayers. Quote, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about, when I lie down, and when I rise up, and the answers are always coming. Thousands and tens of thousands of times have my prayers been answered. When once I am persuaded that a thing is right and for the glory of God, I go on praying for it until the answer comes. George Mueller never gives up. Unquote. Let not Satan deceive you, writes Mr. Mueller during those faith-wrenching days, in making you think you could not have the same faith. But that, but that is only for persons situated as I am. When I lose such a thing as a key, I ask the Lord to direct me to it, and I look for an answer to my prayer. When a person with whom I have an appointment does not come, I ask the Lord to be pleased to hasten him to me, and I look for an answer. Thus, in all my temporal and spiritual concerns, I pray to the Lord and expect an answer to my request. And may you not do the same, dear believing reader. In giving advice gained through daily trials of his faith, this father of the orphans laid down rules for a Christian to follow by which they might also strengthen their faith. These rules are, one, read the Bible and meditate upon it. God has become known to us through prayer and meditation upon his own word. Two, 
Seek to maintain an upright heart and a good conscience. Three, if we desire our faith to be strengthened, we should not shrink from opportunities where our faith may be tried, and therefore through trial be strengthened. The last important point for the strengthening of our faith is that we let God work for us when the hour of trial of our faith comes, and do not work a deliverance of our own. Would the believer, therefore, have his faith strengthened? He must give God time to work. Later on, there was an account, one example of this. The Mueller set off for the United States in August 1877 aboard the Sardian off Newfoundland. The weather turned cold and the ship's progress was seriously retarded by fog. The captain had been on the bridge for 24 hours when something happened which was to revolutionize his life. George Mueller appeared on the bridge. And this is uh, from the perspective of the ship's captain, by the way. Captain, I have come to tell you I must be in Quebec by Saturday afternoon. It's impossible, said the captain. Very well, said Mueller. If your ship cannot take me, God will find some other way. I have never broken an engagement for 52 years. Let us go down into the chart room and pray. The captain wondered what lunatic asylum Mueller had come from. Mr. Mueller, he said, do you know how dense this fog is? No, my eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. Mueller then knelt down and prayed simply. When he had finished, the captain was about to pray, but Mueller put his hand on his shoulder and told him not to. First, you don't believe that he will. And second, I believe he has, and there is no need whatever for you to pray about it. The captain looked at Mueller in amazement. Captain, he continued, I've known my Lord for 52 years, and there has never been a single day that I have failed to get an audience with the king. Get up, captain, and open the door, and you will find the fog is gone. The captain walked across to the door and opened it. The fog had lifted. It was the captain himself who later told the story of this incident and who was subsequently described by a well-known evangelist as, quote, one of the most devoted men I ever knew, unquote. It was a prayer that swept his soul free of doubt, distemper, and the after-effects of a trial by the incoming tide of peace. For this reason, he could make such remarks as this entry on March 9, 1847, quote, The greater the difficulties, the easier for faith, unquote. And a later one, quote, The greater the trial, the sweeter the victory, unquote. His victories came through prayer, trust in the Lord's unfailing promises, and a faith that God's truth would not fail. It is not enough to begin to pray, he advises us, nor to pray aright, nor is it enough to continue for a time to pray. But we must patiently, believingly continue in prayer until we obtain an answer. And further, we have not only to continue in prayer unto the end, but we have also to believe that God does hear us and will answer our prayers. Most frequently, we fail in not continuing in prayer until the blessing is obtained and in not expecting the blessing. During the last year of Mr. Mueller's life, among the gifts for the feeding of the orphans recorded were 7,203 loaves of bread, 5,222 buns, 20 boxes of soap, 9 tons of coal, 26 haunches of venison, 112 rabbits, 312 pheasants, 5 bags of oatmeal, 26 cases of oranges, 5 boxes of dates, and 4,013 pounds of meat, along with hundreds of other items. 
Additionally, he had prayed for the financial needs of the orphan houses and had, during the course of his lifetime, received over $2.5 million. This is in the late 1800s. Always making his requests known only to God. All of these gifts were needed to help care for and feed the thousands of orphans under his careful wing. George Mueller was a living demonstration of the reality of the Scripture in Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I have other different accounts of faith, but you get the point. I have not kept it a secret that I have, for a long time now, been dissatisfied with some things in my life. I have been very dissatisfied in trying to reconcile what I read in Scripture to the real world, to my world. When I pray for something, do I get these kind of results? The answer has to be no, I don't. I want these kinds of results. I believe Scripture teaches these kinds of results. I believe God wants to give these kinds of results. And Mr. Mueller is absolutely spot on when he says it's not just for people like him. It's not just for people like Brother Lee Stone King or T.W. Barnes or G.A. Mangan. It's for you and it's for me. There are no special people in the kingdom of God. There are no super spiritual select few that God picks out. Whosoever will is what Jesus said. I'm telling you today. I will. I will. We read about people like Mr. Mueller. We listen to stories of missionaries, accounts of the miracles that they've experienced. And we rejoice and we praise God and we should. God has done something awesome and He's worthy of the praise. We celebrate what God did through them, through these men and women of faith. We preach sermons about them. I'm preaching one today. We write books about them. We'll do everything but emulate them. Why won't we emulate them? Why won't we do what they did? I'll tell you what. I had a I had a hard time settling on this message today because a large part of it is directed right at me and I feel very unqualified to preach this today And as I thought about the contents of this message, and as I thought about 
what is it actually going to take for me to move from where I'm at to this place? Immediately, I was struck with fear. Fear. And you know why? I know exactly why. Because I don't know what's going to have to happen to me to get me to that place. And that gives me pause. I know what's happened to me up until this point. Here's what else I know. I can't not do this. I will be forever dissatisfied with my life. I will be forever wallowing in mediocrity or feel like I am when I know or will have known that in this place in my life, God showed me something and he gave me an opportunity to say yes. I didn't do it. Will he give me another opportunity? Maybe, hopefully. I don't want another opportunity. Too many times in my life I've said no, or not necessarily in a spiritual sense, but an opportunity came up at work, an opportunity came up somewhere else, and I I hesitated, and I said no, or I said, I'm going to wait until... This is lines up and everything else is, is good. And then the opportunity has gone. And I look back from my perspective now with regret. I should have done that. I should, I should have said yes to that. But nothing like the regret I'll have if I stay here, if I stay where I'm at today. I've, I've searched the scriptures. I've looked for answers. I see I see all of these promises. I see what, what God has done through people. I see what God does through people presently in the near past. And I ask the question, and everybody asks the question, why don't we see it in the United States? And someone will give a, a good answer or a bad answer, and that seems to be enough, and we just continue on as we are. I can't do that anymore. I don't the things God wants to do are not for the faint of heart. And believe it or not, this is this is going to be a, uh, a feel-good sermon here in a moment. <laughs> I know. Just hold on. <laughs> I've gone through scriptures after scriptures after scriptures for years trying to reconcile my experiences with what I believe the Word of God says. I've never been able to reconcile it. Either A, I have to start praying, Lord, if it's your will, then heal this person. Lord, if it's your will, then provide for this person. Lord, if it's and if not, then don't. I don't see those kinds of prayers in Scripture. 
I don't feel any power or any authority coming from my mouth when I pray those kinds of prayers. Now, can God tell me no? You better believe He can. Absolutely He can. I'm not holding God's feet to the fire. Not by any stretch of the imaginations. He has every right and He has absolute authority to tell me no. But at least it's an answer. And I have no doubt that He has something better in store. Something better. And that's what I want. I want God's best. God wants my best. But in prayer, I either have that option because, and I'll be honest with you, is it alright to be honest in church? I hope so. (laughs) Specifically with healing. I struggle with that. And I'm not blaming God. I'll never blame God. I love God. I trust God. God wants the very best for us. I acknowledge that. I believe that with all my heart. But I still have this discrepancy between what Scripture seems to tell me and the real world. I see where Jesus healed every one of them. I see where the apostles healed all of them. I see that time and time again. Not just some of them. All of them. I see where He commands us to do that. That's a part of the Gospel. That's a part of reaching out. That's a part of ministry. I think it's Matthew chapter 10. And it's not that I need to see the miracle. It's not that I need to to see all of this stuff for me to start believing or or to start trusting in God. Please understand that. I don't need to see these miracles. I need Jesus. That's what I need. I need the Word of God. I need to draw close to Him. That's who I need. But man, why did God promise me these things then? Why did He promise me that He would provide all of my needs according to His riches in Christ in glory? Why did He promise that whatsoever things ye ask, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them? Here's why I want to see these miracles. Because God promised them. It's the only reason I want them. They're going to help us witness. They're going to help us reach the lost. They're going to help us impact lives. And I love seeing people cured of cancer. I would love seeing missing limbs grow back. I'd love to see all of that. I mean, that, that's huge, especially for the person who's getting healed. That's a huge deal. but in my life I want the promises of God because He promised them to me. They're a gift from Him. I want everything that God has from me. I don't want anything except what God wants from me. And if He's promised me that, then I want it. 
I want it with everything in me. It's part of God's plan to reach this world. So we need it for that. And that's God's burden. That's God's burden. To reach the lost. To perfect the saints. And I need to be busy doing that. I get prayer requests from time to time. Pray for the doctors that God would guide their hands. I have no problem with that. I think we should pray for the doctors. I'm thankful for the doctors. I'm thankful for their years of study and and practice and what, what they can do. But folks, I already know what they can do. And I know what they can't do. I want to see what God can do. That's what I want to see. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor, but I am saying go to Jesus. But see, we we don't need to go to Jesus. I can take a pill. I can go see a doctor. That's a whole lot easier. Please don't misunderstand me. I've gone to the doctor. I take an aspirin when I get a headache. When I start thinking about moving in this direction, I get nervous because of where I know it's going to take me. I know there are some things that need to come out I know there are some things that need to go in. Right before we move down here, I uh, this comes to mind because we were talking about this generally in our men's breakfast afterwards. I was going to the dentist for a while. I had the opportunity and enough money to pay for it, so I went and got some work done. And... Uh, one tooth was broken off, so it had to be pulled. And they were they were getting some stuff in there, and they put this membrane on there for the, the bone graft to take in so I could get an implant later if I wanted. Well, anyway, at one of the district conferences last year, it fell out. I didn't even know why it was there. So I'm like, well, I don't want to get any solid food packed up in there. That would hurt. So I was just drinking smoothies from that point on. But when I, when I got back, I had to go see the dentist. And, well, turns out the reason it's there is so the, the gums don't start growing into the bone graft. So what he had to do was dig up in there with a, a pick and scrape all of my gum out. I know. He numbed me up, but it didn't last long with the mooth. It wore off pretty quick. And I'd already been there an hour, longer. I don't want to be there anymore. So I just I just endured it. I had nothing left by the time he was done. That hurt like crazy. And I 
like to think I have a pretty high pain tolerance, but every time I went back to that guy, the, the Novocaine wore off. It wore off halfway through, three-quarters of the way through. And I would just, I'd just take it because I want it out of there. But now, see, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go to him anymore. I don't want, I don't want to go through that pain. I mean, that's a horrendous amount of pain. And so, all I can seem to see right now is what I'm going to have to go through to get to here. But in Jesus' name, I'm going to look past that to what the reward is, to where he's going to take me. I have a general idea of what it means. I'm not, I mean, I've, I've lived for God for a little while. I know how he operates. I know how people grow. I know how he's grown me. I know what it means. But I also know that when I come out the other side, it's always worth it. It's worth it. I want to be able to reconcile Scripture with my experience. There shouldn't be any discrepancies there. I shouldn't have to start asking questions like, well, maybe God doesn't mean that here. Maybe this means something else. No, it means what he said. And I have enough real-world experiences, other people's testimonies, to confirm that. So my only other possible explanation is everyone's favorite. It's got to be me. Because it's never God. And it's never God's Word. talked about biases this morning. Those are two of my biases. It's never God's fault, and it's never the Word of God. The problem has to be with me, my understanding, something in my life, something about me. It's got to be me. know what the purpose of this message is. I want to encourage us. There are so many things. I've heard, uh, I like listening to people pray. I I like that. I like hearing the prayers of of God's saints. What are they praying for? Where is their heart at? I've always, ever since I first started praying in prayer room in Fayetteville. I did that first to learn how to pray. Okay, that's how you say that. Okay, that's how you do. But I, I kept that up. I've heard uh, I've heard a lot of your, your prayers. Um, one I'll mention specifically, I, I've heard Brother DeMuth pray about or against traditionalism, religious traditionalism. 
And maybe this is one avenue to break through that. There are <coughs> a lot of things we do in church that are not scriptural. I don't think they're bad things. Uh, but they're, we just don't find them in scripture. Gathering here in a building, for example. Uh, we don't see that in scripture. It was house to house. Uh, but I see nothing wrong with it. I, I like having a building that we can dedicate to God. I, I think that's a good thing. <clears throat> and so, some of the things that we do, some of the some of the beliefs that we have about things, are unfortunately grounded in Protestantism, uh, coming from Catholicism. And so, uh, this whole idea of priest and laity has always been a craw, uh, stuck in my craw. <sighs> Cut, move on. That has been an irritation to me. There are no divisions in Scripture. There are no divisions between the priesthood and the laity. None. We are all kings and priests. We are all sons and daughters. We all stand before Jesus Christ exactly the same way. Desperately in need of Him. <clears throat> God expects all of us to work, to minister, each in our own ways, according to our personalities, according to the ministries and the gifts and the talents He's given each of us. He expects us to work he expects us to be productive. We're not going to be productive except that the Lord works with us. I don't care how talented or gifted you are. You can build your own kingdom, but you'll never build God's. Not without His help. Part of receiving His help is Him confirming His word with signs following. That's part of the Lord working with us. Mark sixteen seventeen through 20. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. All of them, every one of them went forth and the Lord worked with every one of them and confirmed His word through them with signs following. Our expectancy in what God wants to do needs to increase. My expectancy needs to increase. I've mentioned it before. I'll say it again. I am so sick and tired 
of the lethargy and apathy in our country. The Bible says that the full soul... I'm sorry... can't remember it. There it is. Oh, did I have that up there? <laughs> it's in my notes, too. <laughs> Thank you. The full soul loatheth in honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. Maybe we just need to get a little more hungry. Stop snacking on things of the world. Stop snacking on traditionalism. Stop snacking on entertainment. And start feasting on the things of God. I get, uh, I get very jealous for God. His glory when I see him ridiculed, slighted, made fun of, minimalized, marginalized, that upsets me. I know that Egyptians are going to act and talk like Egyptians. I, I get that. But the spirit behind it, it's not the people per se, it's the spirit behind it that I get upset about. I want to see God cut loose and really show what he's got. I want to see him rise up in this county and start doing miracles and signs and start leading people to him, healing and saving and delivering and just bowling over all the works of the enemy. But for me, there's going to be a cost. Let me just talk about me. You guys, while I'm talking, you can pray and you can ask the Lord how this applies to you. But as for me, I know that moving forward with this is going to cost me something. Is it worth it to me? I need to count the cost. I have a general idea of where the Lord is going to take me through. And I know what that's going to do. I also have a clear understanding of my frustration and my doubts and my questions these many years. And I've decided that the, the price is worth it. The cost is worth it. I told God yes last night. With his help, I'm going to move forward. With his help, I'm going to get to where God wants me to be. Despite the cost. Despite where he takes me. I hope you know where I'm coming from. I'm not trying to sound super spiritual or anything like that. I'm just so frustrated and I'm so tired. 
of being being me, being here. I want to move on. I got to move on. God wants me to move on. They need me to move on. I got to move on. Whatever the cost, at least I'm not going to be frustrated anymore. At least I'll have my answer. I want God to work through me and confirm his word with signs following. I want to be able to trust in God so implicitly that every time I bring something to God and, and, and know him well enough that when I bring something before him, I know that it's pleasing to him. I know that it's in his plan, it's his will, these things that I'm bringing to him. I want to know him that closely. I want to have his mindset. I want to have his heart so that when I bring these things, I know I'm convinced, I'm persuaded that these things are in his will. And then I can expect an answer. And I'll keep coming. And I'll keep praying. And I'll keep thanking him for hearing me until the answer comes. Praise God. Amen. Let's all stand. I don't... When I say things like this, it's not my intention. It's certainly not my plan or desire to insult anyone and try to insinuate that you're not living for God or you're not doing what he's telling you to do or anything like that. I know that you are. I know that you love God. I know that your desire is toward the the things of God. What I am saying is where we're at isn't enough. We've got to keep moving forward. There's more for us to receive. There's more for us to do. There's more of God out there, folks. There's more of the power of God, the authority of God, the love and mercy of God. There's more out there for us. If we'll just go out and get it. Now this is an individual thing. The Lord doesn't force us to do anything. He waits for us to choose. I can't force you. I wouldn't I wouldn't if I could. This has to be your choice. I've counted the cost and I've decided to say yes to God in this. I've had a little bit more time to think about it. I'm going to ask us to come up to the front here in just a moment. And I'm going to ask us to count the cost. Some of you perhaps have already made up your mind for or against. That's your choice to make. But again, I want to be transparent. Has anybody ever read uh, any accounts of Sir Ernest Shackleton? 
who was a uh, explorer, British explorer, who was trying to find the South Pole. Long story short, uh, he never made it quite down to the South Pole. He got trapped in ice and his ship was destroyed and he spent about a year and a half trying to get all of his men back to civilization. It's an amazing account. He got everyone back. Got every single one of them back. But supposedly, I've not been able to verify it. There's some doubt, but the popular story is that he sent out an advertisement uh, to get people to help him go on this expedition. And I don't remember exactly what the wording was, but it was not what you would expect to get people to rally around your cause. It said stuff like long hours, hardships, low wages, chance of return not good. And the line went out through the door, down the street. He had to chase people away. That's kind of what I'm presenting here this morning. What I can pr- I can promise you two things. If you say yes, it's going to cost you something. The other thing I can promise is that you're going to find it to be so well worth it. Where God brings you to. What God creates in you and what God is able then to do through you is going to be so worth it. Amen. Let's come to the front. Let's call out on God. This is a personal choice. I've done my best to present both sides of it, give you all the information, and let you make your choice in the presence of God. I'm asking. I'm asking that you count the costs and that you receive direction from the Lord this morning. church in the United States when I compare it to the first century church is a shadow is a shell of what we're supposed to be and I'm not blaming any person except maybe myself I'm a part of that I see where we could be questions that we have in this particular church body about going to a church building, expanding, trying to win our lost loved ones, our backsli- the backsliders in this, this community. How is that going to happen? We don't have enough people. We don't have enough finances. Yes, we do. We have Jesus Christ. He will provide everything that we need if we will but ask. And if we will dedicate ourselves to using those resources for His purpose and for His glory, God will give us everything that we need and so much more. Struggling with your finances at home. 
Ask the Lord. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has all the money that you need. He's our provider. Amen. Let's begin to trust in God to see our needs met. To see His will move forward. To see us as individuals and as families and as a church body move forward. Amen. Lord Jesus, we come to You now in faith believing. We come to You, Lord Jesus. I, for one, am so dissatisfied with where I'm at. I've been living for You these many decades now. This is all I got. I feel like I've, like I've squandered your presence, like I've squandered the gifts of God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would show mercy unto me, you would forgive me for my lack of stewardship and that moving forward. Help me to walk circumspectly. Help me to redeem the time. Help me to use the resources of God wisely effectually I want to be used by you I want to trust in you so implicitly I want to lean on you so completely that my confidence in you is absolute it is utterly unshaken I am convinced that I'm persuaded that you are my provider, that you are my healer, that you are my deliverer, that you are my all in all, my ever-present help in time of need. I do say yes to you. I will follow you. I will follow you, Lord Jesus, wherever you lead.